Wired, was a check in the W column when sportscasters predicted a season-ending loss. Wired was watching tapes from the 70s and spotting a new trick route. Wired was backstage passes and tables at restaurants with a six-month wait and pedaled to the floor in a Lamborghini Veneno just because your name decorated an NFL jersey. Wired was not wired. And Marcus Kingston, quarterback for the Portland Rogues, refused to be wired one damned minute more. While his teammates celebrated a win and shed mud-soaked uniforms into the locker room's equipment hampers, Marcus stayed in full dress. Helmet, pads, compression shirt, none of it his original gear. Christ, even his mouth guard was different. Probably had some kind of digital saliva strip to detect foreign DNA should he decide to take a half a dozen women up on their offers of a discreet hookup. He charged past equipment rooms, media rooms, and workout rooms down a long carpeted hallway until he reached a glass-walled conference room at the epicenter of the staff facilities. Behind the partition's gold-frosted rogue mascot, his audience had already assembled for their congratulatory executive ass-slaps. Coaches, team owner and his trophy wife, general manager, shareholders, board members, all gathered to pretend they had more skin in the game than money. Marcus shoved his way inside. Clusters of conversations gradually died as the room's occupants shifted their attention to him. Aware that he carried the stench of sixty minutes of rainy gameplay, and more than his share of the stadium's natural turf embedded in his face mask and cleats, he spit out his mouthguard and dumped his equipment onto the polished oak table, one item at a time. Helmet. Last three minutes of the game, constant buzzing in my ear. Shoulder pads, not bothering to extract them from his jersey. First quarter, blinding orange warning light in my helmet to let me know I'm sweating in my torso region. Marcus waited for the ridiculousness of that little nugget to settle in. But the Botox-paralyzed faces simply looked upon him, as if he had committed the egregious act of pairing a Cabernet with fish. Of course I'm sweating. It's fucking football. At the curse bomb, the owner awakened from his privileged coma. Marcus, we all want to congratulate you, but this is hardly the... Marcus's cleats hit the table, effectively cutting off that response. The stench was strong enough to curl Coach Banaszewski's wife's $10,000 hair extensions. A few of the ladies present pressed delicate fingers beneath their nostrils. At halftime, I'm handed a printout from someone on the equipment staff that says I'm placing 63% more pressure on my arch supports than normal, which results in a 22% slowdown of my overall running speed. And could I please try to run normally? Marcus reached for the lace-ups on his pants. A swell of protests sounded in the room. His gaze leveled on the one person in the room most responsible for stripping the game of its sanctity. Claire something. Caltech hotshot. Secret weapon of professional athletes. Newest team darling, according to his defensive lineman, who had nicknamed her Claire Bear. Marcus wanted nothing more than to drop trow, see that muted O of her lips stretch long enough to bark off a kill call in a stadium of 80,000. But he stalled. He blamed her bizarre game-day attire, combat boots, frothy poet shirt, goth eyeliner, and a kilt 
that came close to Raider's colors, for all he could detect of the color spectrum. She was cosplay in a room full of Republicans, and it was distracting as hell. Marcus settled for adjusting himself, since he was in the neighborhood anyway, and amped up the point he had wanted to make with his filthy white pants atop the gear pile. And in the third quarter, mid-play, mind you, the pads at my thighs detect a leg cramp and swell, like a goddamn life vest on a plane crashing into the ocean, which is the perfect metaphor for how that play ended, by the way.